You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So I have a great one for you all, especially you CrossFit enthusiasts this week. I had the opportunity to sit down with CrossFit Games athlete, Lucka Feynman, who at age 56 is competing in her fifth CrossFit Games this week, as we speak, in Madison, Wisconsin. For those who are unfamiliar with the CrossFit Games, They are a multi-day international competition designed to crown the fittest men and women on earth. And what makes the games so challenging and very compelling to watch is that the athletes have no idea what's in store for them going into the games. The events in the competition are not announced beforehand. And the athletes know that the past games have included everything from cyclocross bike racing to distance swimming to handstand walking, carrying around odd heavy objects, you name it. These athletes are essentially training for the unknown, which is wild. And Lekka Feynman, she is there for it. She has got such a compelling story. Uh, Lekka actually grew up on a commune in California where she wasn't exactly encouraged to be competitive. She didn't even find CrossFit until she was in the midst of a divorce as a mom with two young daughters at age 40. She qualified for her first games at age 50 and has managed to stay in the game, literally, ever since, despite all the issues that come with going through the menopause transition. Along with her own competitive pursuits, Lekka is a certified CrossFit, weightlifting, gymnastics, nutrition, and XPT performance breathing coach, and her expertise is in providing women with the tools they need to handle stress and optimize their body's natural ability to recover while feeling strong, confident, and empowered in their lives and bodies through every stage of life. You can learn more about her at LekkaFeynman.com. I will put a link into the show notes for that. And I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. All right. Before we get to it, as always, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Feisty Menopause. Sign up for my free weekly menopause blog at FeistyMenopause.com. You can learn more about our Level Up Menopause membership there as well, where we sit down with experts each week to get our questions answered. And speaking of getting questions answered, remember that you can send me a voicemail at our SpeakPipe webpage and get your question answered on the show. You'll find a link to that in the show notes as well. Finally, big thanks to Prevenex for their longtime support of the show. I just got a killer review for their Joint Health Plus product that I would just love to share here. It's from Brenda. She gives it a five-star review and says, it really works. I have tried many things to help my joint pain in my knees, glucosamine, collagen, turmeric, tart cherry. Nothing was working. One month in of Prevenix combined with my physical therapy, and I was able to run for the first time in two years, and my knee was not all swollen and painful afterwards. Goodbye, orthopedic surgeon. Hello, Prevenix. What more can we say? Thank you, Prevenix. You are the best. All right, enough of me. Let's have a few words about those awesome sponsors and get on with the show. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. 
brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play, all caps, one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, Plus, even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. 
I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. All right. Well, good morning, Lekka. I am... You know, I am really stoked to have you here because I have been looking for a CrossFit athlete for two and a half years, <laughs> you know, and I've had a couple on, I had Shauna Norton on, um, but it's, it was harder to find, you know, I've had plenty of endurance athletes, but it's been harder to find sort of a consistent drumbeat of the CrossFit athlete. So I'm really, I'm very happy that you reached out and that we connected. Yay. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be here. As I said, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I've been listening since the beginning and I, yeah, I was like, I don't think she's had a CrossFit athlete on there. (laughs) And and not for lack of trying. (laughs) Yeah. So I I am. Um, so let's talk a bit. You have an interesting, I listened to another podcast you're on, did a little digging in and you have a pretty interesting background. Um, let's talk about how you got into CrossFit. I mean, maybe growing up on a commune is a natural uh, bridge to it. But how did, how I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Growing up on a commune um, in Northern California, I um, was very active. You know, I spent most of my childhood outdoors, um, riding horses, climbing trees, surfing, doing yoga. But I think, you know, thinking back on it now, um, I was never encouraged to participate in traditional competitive sports growing up. I think that my mom chose to live on a commune in this communal lifestyle as a way, you know, for a single mom to be supported and sharing childcare. And so it's sort of this like alternative break away from the norm. And the thought of like um, being competitive was just not like something that was uh, fostered or supported. That's interesting. And it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it was more of like this radical feminist, um, you know, very forward thinking, you know, they were like creating a new culture and society. Um, and so it was more of like a focus on equality and um, community rather than like the individual, which um, was great. You know, I learned a lot of, you know, really important values, but the the whole notion of like being competitive as an individual was not something that was instilled, you know, as a childhood. So, and as a kid, really, like I had to I mean, I, we did, there was like one softball team that I was on, but when I wanted to play basketball in high school, it was like, I had to, you know, hitchhike to practice and I rode horses growing up, but it was always like something I did kind of on my own. There was another girl there that did it with me too, but um, it was, it just wasn't like supported really. I didn't feel like that anyway. So fast forward, <laughs> um, I was, I did yoga, I did Pilates, um, was always very active, but it wasn't until I was 40 that I was introduced to CrossFit by my younger brother, who at the time was going to college um, at in San Diego, San Diego State, and he was 
he was introduced to CrossFit. This was like 2007. So it was really kind of just the mm. beginning of CrossFit. Yeah, was- CrossFit was definitely sort of getting into the water at that point, right? Yeah, it was very yeah. underground though. No, you know, it wasn't mainstream at all. And he was working at what is now a big gym, CrossFit Invictus. It was not then, it was like called something else. But um, I, I went down there and he, you know, he'd been talking about it. He was like, you know, this thing called CrossFit, it's amazing. It's like, I mean, it was really like he was just like a fanatic about it and wouldn't shut up. And so I, at the time, was very into my yoga practice. I was doing Ashtanga yoga and Pilates and all these other things. And um, I really just did it like to get him off my back and to you know, make him stop talking about it. <laughs> but it, immediately I was hooked. Like I went into this place that was just this big, you know, um, warehouse with all these really strong looking women and everyone was just super welcoming. And we did this little workout. Um, and I was like, you know, flat on the floor, like you hear about people talk about, you know, the first time they do CrossFit. Um, and then he moved up to Oakland, um, to live with me and my now ex, we were just starting to, my marriage was just starting to fall apart. Um, and he started working at a gym, um, that, is CrossFit Oakland, which was the gym, I, my first gym. And I started going there. Um, and I, I did the beginning, you know, the introduction um, with my now ex, we did it together, like this series of like eight week on ramp thing, they call it. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, at that time was, had never, I had never lifted weights, like with a barbell. I, I really like, I, I couldn't run at around the block. You know, I didn't know how to jump rope. I didn't know how to do anything. Like I, I was athletic and had body awareness, but like all of this was completely new to me. Um, and it was really hard. <laughs> um, and my ex was like this, you know, amazing athlete D one, you know, water polo player, like he could do everything. And it was just like, <laughs> I was so mad and frustrated and I just wanted to get better and I stuck with it and he didn't. Um, and I immediately was just like immersed in this amazing, welcoming community of these really strong women. And um, it was just a really good time. Like it saved my life. You know, my marriage was falling apart and I was just, I found this outlet for, you know, all the stress and I found this supportive community and um, that was the beginning. And you had kids too? Yeah, I had two kids, um, five and eight at the time, two daughters. Um, and I, you know, I started going like I did, I, I bought a 10 pack of classes and I kind of went some, I was still doing my yoga and I was surfing at that time, um, a lot. And then I, the gym moved to, um, I got a new job and it was coincidentally like down the street from work. So I started going, um, on my lunch break and then I started going like, you know, five days a week. And I really kind of got into the rhythm and routine of it and, and started really connecting with more of the people and, and really immersed in the community. Um, and I just, it became, you know, a big part of my life. And, um, but still at that point, I wasn't, I never thought of myself as a competitor. It wasn't like, I, I, there were people in that gym that were very competitive. Like that was one of the very first gyms in CrossFit. CrossFit Oakland was, you know, their, um, they had a team that went to the CrossFit games in the very beginning. They had some really strong competitive female athletes, 
So I, I knew that that was like part of it, but it was not for me. Like I was like, oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not a competitor. I'm not, that's not who I am. I just didn't identify as an athlete at all. That, that just, that came later. And um, that was a big switch. Like once I started to, well, once I started to think about actually getting stronger, like I start, I remember I started like drinking protein shakes. Like I got some protein powder and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I started like thinking about actually fueling, you know, for my workouts. Like I need to eat, I need to replenish. And, and I, I mean, I always like eat, had eaten really well, but it was just a, a sh- these little shifts in my mindset that started to happen. And the coaches were um, Mike Minium. He was the owner and founder. And then um, some of the other coaches, my, everyone there like became, you know, my people, my, my, they're still like some of my best friends today, all these amazing women. Um, but Mike was like, you know, you sh- what about they, we used to do these things called throwdowns. Like they were these little um, local community competitions amongst gyms and their, you know, benefits or um, just gatherings in the community. And I would participate. And he's like, you know, you should do this, this one or this one. And and so little by little, I was kind of like sucked into it and I loved it. I mean, every time I started to feel like, oh, you know, it was just so fun. It was like this spirit of camaraderie and, and um, everybody kind of in it together. But I still wasn't like, I wasn't the, you know, competitor. And then I think it wasn't until uh, I was 45. So I've been doing it like about five years. And they, they at that time just started the master's division. So the master's division used to begin at 45. It's now 35. We call them the baby masters now. <laughs> um, but I did the CrossFit Open. So the Open is a worldwide online competition. And it's it's actually the first step in qualifying for the CrossFit Games. And it, all the gyms participate in it. It's like something that the community does. And and CrossFit's very smart about this. They they it used to be um, over the course of five weeks there'd be one workout a week, and they release the workout on Thursdays, and then you have until Monday to complete it and enter your score into the online leaderboard. Yep. And the first workout is usually something that everybody can do. Like it's a very you know um, it'll be like a movement that you anyway, know like burpees or like um, something that like, you know, everybody can participate in. So it gets the whole community involved. And then, you know, over the course of the five weeks, the workouts may get progressively more, more difficult. And now there's like series of qualifying, um, rounds after that. But in the beginning, you know, everybody did the open. And, um, so I did the open and, um, that was the year I think it was the first workout was a whole bunch of burpees and I was doing this yoga practice. So I was really good at that movement the you know, getting down and up. And, um, so I did pretty well. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, (laughs) I just got sucked in every year that happens. The open just sucks you in. And, um, so I think I started doing, I did a local competition and I was terrible. You know, I still, there were some movements that I couldn't do. I still couldn't jump rope. I still struggle with double unders, um, but I just kept at it. And little by little, you know, just kept getting involved more and more. And I I competed on a team um, for, they used to have regionals. Um, now it's, they have semifinals. It's, it kind of changes the, the qualifying system changes every year, but um that year, well, let's see, that maybe 
a few years later, 2014 was the year that I started really competing. Um, I was on the team for regionals because one of the other young women ended up qualifying as an individual. So there's a spot on the team. So they pulled me in. I was like, you know, totally out of my league, the youngest person probably in the whole, uh, maybe there was a few other older people, but I felt like <laughs> I was the youngest, but it was, it was just this, I, it was so much fun. And it was such an incredible experience to get to, you know, compete at regionals on a team. And it was, um, I loved it. I just, I just kept like, it, it just kept getting, you know, more and more fun, uh, more and more challenging. Every time you think you get better, there's like a new thing. There's, there's always, you know, something to learn. So um, yeah, that was 2014. And I started doing more, um, a little bit bigger competitions. There used to be this competition called NorCal Masters in Northern California. That was pretty big. People would fly in from all over. Um, I started doing that the first year. I didn't do very well. I think um, I didn't make it to, I was like eighth place. I think the first year I did it. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it just, I kept on, I just stuck with it, I think. And that's kind of been, um, that's been my tra trajectory with CrossFit really. So how do you go from, you know, doing the open and, 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 and I see that you just like the, if there's any theme, you just sort of keep getting pulled along and pulled into this sport and sticking with it. Then at what point do you decide that you want to go for the games. I mean, I believe in my mind, right. I think you were around 49. I'm not, you yeah. know, I'm not sure. And like, what else is going on in your life at this point? Because you're going through your forties. Now you're like going into your late forties and thinking about the games. You've got to be somewhere in the menopause transition at this juncture. You know I mean? Like what, what does right. this Great period question. look like from 49 <laughs> to 50 or uh, from 45 to 50? Yeah. Life was crazy at that point in time. You know, I, I had gone through my divorce, I was basically single mom with two young girls. I mean, my ex was in the picture. He would, they would go to him every other week, like Wednesday night, and then every other weekend. So, but they basically lived with me. I was working full time. Um, when I, uh, before I got divorced, I was a wardrobe stylist. So I traveled all over the world, um, working on advertising shoots for, you know, what used to be print magazines. Oh, I was in the print magazine world. Yeah. I probably met people just like you. Would come I did in a lot of stuff. Models. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The yoga journal. I did a lot of stuff. I did yep. a lot of advertising for cruise lines. So I was, um, I traveled all over. I loved it. I mean, it was, I, so I had back up a little, I had worked in the fashion industry um, as when I was younger and I, that kind of, I think that was part of also my, um, this is a t slight tangent, but it relates um, the, my, you know, inspiration to, to get away from that was being in the fashion industry and seeing like, you know, that was the time of Kate Moss and, like, oh, I know, Chic, you know, um, and, and that whole notion of, you know, you can, you can never be too skinny. Right. And so all of us in this era of internalizing this like notion of, you know, just trying to be skinny, restrictive eating, that whole thing that I, I think is maybe like starting to crumble. But it's, I find that women of our ages are still like, mm -hmm. that's just instilled in us. And mm -hmm. so, you know, getting into CrossFit and seeing this, you know, this totally different perspective of what can my body do rather than how do I look or, you know, mm -hmm. trying to like fit into a certain shape or size. Um, but 
I, you know, I was still kind of in that and, and wanting to get out of it. So my divorce, it was like really this whole like sort of shift in not only how I identified as starting to like think about, well, what, what can my body do? Like, how can I perform rather than like, how do I look, but also sort of a career shift. So because I was now single mom, um, I couldn't, it was really hard to travel. So I ended up getting a job as an executive assistant for a biotech company that actually my, my father was involved in. Um, so I was supporting this CEO of this biotech company, but it was a great job. You know, it was just stability and it was down the street from the CrossFit gym. So that was, you know, I was working, doing that. Um, I ended up getting another job. I started working at Pandora, the music company, an executive assistant to the chief technology officer. So I was still traveling. Um, I was doing events globally and and, I had these two girls, um, my daughters. So life was just crazy. Like it was, it was, um, a lot, there was a lot going on. And I, you know, now looking back, I definitely was in perimenopause. I mean, I was having, I remember going to my, um, I was seeing this great nurse practitioner at the time and I, you know, I was having these night sweats and uh, I was like mood swings and like all, all those things that now I was like, oh yeah, I was totally in perimenopause. And then um, I, you know, I continued working in the corporate world. Um, I was working at another tech company. So this was, so that was like more and more getting involved in CrossFit. Um, you asked like when I, when I started to shift from getting, like thinking about going to the games, um, I started doing a little, you know, better every year. Like one year, I think I was like 35th or something. And I, and I, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could go to the games, but it was like already into the season. And I, I, I knew that like, if that was something that I wanted to do, it couldn't be like an afterthought. Like I, it needed to be something that was intentional. I mean, that's for me anyways, maybe some people just sort of wind up as a fluke qualifying, but it seems to me that it was like something that I needed to, you know, practice, you know, plan for train for. And I, so I started to, um, work with um a coach i'd always sought out coaches um during around that time that was when i really focused on getting stronger i started lifting a lot more um i really like got over that whole fear of getting big and bulky like that just i realized that was just ridiculous um i leaned into just getting stronger um and i started working with a uh, Arnold Shua, who was a coach, he was involved in the gym and he had a uh, another gym that was connected to CrossFit Oakland called Endgame Athletics. And he was kind of leading the competitors. So there was a team that year that was training for the games. And that was when I decided I wanted to qualify. See, I was 49. So I was about to enter a new age division in CrossFit. There's, they have um, five-year age brackets. So it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, 50 to 54 was, I was entering the 50. So you know, every year you enter a new age division, you're like, you have a little bit of an advantage because you're younger than everyone. And every year, you know, that advantage makes a difference. (laughs) So um, that was 2017 and I ended up qualifying. And so at that time I was working at um, a tech company, Intercom. It was a startup. I was supporting the head of sales. Uh, it was an international company. So I was traveling globally. I was producing events internationally and I had my kids and I was you know, looking back now, like I actually, I pulled up some notes cause I had had some blood work done because um, I started working with a nutrition coach 
to when I was training because I was like, okay, I, I feel, I mean, I know I, I felt pretty dialed in with my nutrition, but I was always like bordering on feeling like I was too skinny. Like I needed to put on weight and I was struggling with that. So I started working with this nutrition coach, Matt Walrath, um, with, he had a company called beyond macros. And I started learning about macros and tracking my macronutrients and making sure I was getting enough protein and car. And I, you know, I was totally under fueling and I was, my blood work showed that I was, um, I had a high white blood cell count and I had, um, I took some notes here, um, low testosterone. So the high white blood cell count, you know, it can come from over-exercise, right? It can come from stress. Um, and the low testosterone, I mean, it also could be, you know, from all this overtraining and underfueling, and that can lead to like adrenal fatigue. So I was, I think I was, you know, I, I was having these like brain fog. Like I remember I was supposed to book. I would just like forget things at work. And I like, I, for, I was, I was like, what the hell is going on? And now it's like, oh yeah. Adrenal fatigue and brain fog. Like I was, it was totally perimenopausal symptoms combined with all, you know, all the stress, it was all related under fueling overtraining. I don't even know how, like, and, and then I qualified for the CrossFit games. I was going to say, how did you do with the games, <laughs> but you still qualified. <laughs> Yeah. I, you know, my life was, that was it. I was, I was working and I was taking care of my kids and I was training and that was all I was doing. Um, so in a way it, it becomes, I mean, it's very challenging and very hard, but it also, it, you know, as you get more and more focused or for me anyways, it becomes a little bit easier because I'm just only doing those things. And, you know, there's like, people talk about trying to balance and and the idea of balancing everything for me it always feels like things are weighted like it, it's just i'm i'm more weighted in doing this and less in that so yeah i don't know it's hard the balance part is really hard and now um so i qualified in 2017 life was just crazy um but the community which drew me in in the beginning was what supported me and kept me going then. And, you know, having that team that I was training with also, you know, all these young kids, you know, in their twenties and thirties that were like so much energy. And it was so great to be in that supportive training environment, having an amazing coach coaches. It's like, you, I built this whole team, you know, you know, the my chiropractor, my, um, my every, it was just like the super supportive environment. So that really kept me going. And then, um, because I, oh, and so then I ended up quitting my corporate job, uh, and I started coaching and yeah. I got my level one, um, I started coaching. I actually started coaching before I got my level one. I started this thing called garage fit in my garage. I had this really cool garage gym at home that I built out. My brother had helped me build it actually years ago. We put in a pull-up bar. I, you know, we just started collecting equipment and I started training some women in my neighborhood and um, then I started coaching in the gym. I started, co I was coaching in two gyms and that became my work. So I was in the gym all the time. That's what I was doing. So I qualified again in 2018 and then again in 2019. So my first year at the CrossFit games, I had been so focused on just getting there. I, I, once I got there, I was just like, 
deer in the headlights. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm here. And I, I was just like fraught with this imposter syndrome. Like I, I didn't know, you know, I, I was just, it was so much fun. Like it was just so exciting to be there, but I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about like trying to win. That was yeah. like not even on my radar. You know, I, I ended up, so the first year I went, they, they take the top 20 that's gone down. It Well, it's kind of gone back and forth. Uh, so I ended up in eighth place out of 20, which I felt pretty good about. Um, the woman who podiumed actually was, uh, she got popped for taking um, illegal substances, right? She was taking something that was, um, so anyway, so I ended up moving up to seventh place because of that. Um, and then the next year, the next year, I think I I was in 11th that year. I sprained my ankle really badly during competition, but it was super fun. Um, I had a great year. Uh, and then 2019, they only took 10 and I wound up in eighth place that year. So then that year, you know, I was the third, it was my third year in that age division. So there were all those women just coming up that were these like powerhouses. I mean, another thing about competing at the CrossFit Games for me is just being amongst all the other competitors. Like it's, you know, I got into the sport. I was drawn in by the community. I met all these amazing women. And, and then as you continue, at least for me, and I, I've, I see this amongst other competitors too, you start to move away from the community. I mean, there's still the community there, but like now, you know, I'm pretty much training alone by myself in a corner because you're doing your own individualized programming. You're not taking group class. So getting to go to the games and being immersed in the community again is like, it's just this, like it's food for your soul for me. Like the first year, especially meeting all these other women from all over the world was, it was just so incredible, you know, just seeing like, you know, women from Australia and England and Africa, like that they're doing this stuff too. Like the same as me, they're like me, but that was just, and and now like I've been doing this for so long, they've become friends. So getting to see them, like I'm so excited this year to get to see these women that I've been competing alongside for all these years that are just as insane as I am, you know, and leading these lives and like trying to do this crazy thing. So that's that's another part of it. It's the, the community has kind of evolved in, and has a different meaning and another level of support. I heard you got a mental performance coach at some point in here. Wh when did that happen and what was that? process. Yeah. So, you know, that first year when I qualified, um, I realized that my mindset, my confidence was just uh, needed some work <laughs> to say. And I had started, you know, I was like listening to some apps like I was doing, you know, I'd always, I had always like meditated I, from a very young age because I started practicing yoga so young. So I, I knew about these things. Right. But it wasn't with any real focus. So I was introduced to this amazing man, Grant Parr, by a former mentor that I'd had when I was at Pandora, Joanna Bloor. She connected me with Grant and Grant is a mental performance coach and he has this podcast um, called 90% Mental and he invited me to be on his podcast and we connected and we started working together and I am still working with him. Um, so we've been working together now since after I call it after, yeah. So after the 2017 season and that has made a huge difference. So just working on my mindset um, and my, you know, mental performance as an athlete, 
it's, you know, it's, I think it's kind of probably cliche or you hear this that like, you know, it's everything happens between your ears, you know, the difference between good and great is all your mindset. And I, I've come to really believe it. I, I can see it, you know, in my own performance. Um, and it's, so I actually, I was listening to one of your, your guests, is it um, Carly or Kara Bradley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she mentioned you know, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. That that was, you know, a book that I had read actually before I started working with Grant. But it's the whole notion of, you know, growth mindset versus um, fixed mindset. And the, the fact that, you know, you can learn from your failures and there's always opportunity for growth and getting better. And, you know, the if you think of your mindset as a collection of your, you know, thoughts and attitudes and beliefs, and looking at, so Grant has these little acronyms that he uses, um, MVP, um, meditation, visualization, and breath. Are, so those are some of the things, um, uh, P, sorry, P for positive self-talk. So it's our language and, and becoming aware of, you know, how we're talking to ourselves, um, how we're imagining and seeing what we're doing. So we spend, I spend a lot of time on working on visualization, seeing myself doing the movements, um, meditating and, you know, training myself to be able to respond to a situation instead of react. So, you know, it applies to everyday life and especially in sport so that when you're, you know, in that super stressful heat of competition, you're able to respond and stay in that state of calm instead of just like, you know, always acting with this like heart rate up, like a state of frenzy. So, yeah, um, we, I still speak with him almost every week and it's, you know, it's a constant, it's a process. It's, it takes work, but, you know, I, another one of my coaches, I, I think um, this was, I was in like a business mind mastermind group. Her name's Haley Evelyn. And she talks about this notion of the spiritual gym. So it's like just as important as putting the reps in, in the physical gym, it's putting the reps in, in the spiritual gym. And that can be, it doesn't mean like, you know, God church necessarily, but whatever your own practice is connecting to that, you know, place inside of yourself that is your center of power and, and being able to get there and know that that's always there for you. So, uh, you know, as an athlete, um, having that, taking that time to connect with yourself and be able to get calm and stay focused and stay present and, you know, stay in control of what you are in control of and not getting, you know, worried about all the other stuff that you're, that's out of your control that can really like shake you. And Oh, totally. That most people just struggle with. I mean, that's, it's huge, right? That's a huge piece. Yeah. It's hard. And it's, you know, now um, I know that, you know, when we had first connected you, you mentioned something about, you know, sensing some trepidation about like how I was how I stay in it and stay focused and, and stay, you know, and it, it's hard. Like I was actually talking to um, my coach now, Sage Bergner is my coach and um, she's absolutely amazing. We've been working together for about a year now, but um, I saw her last week and she was like, you know, how are you doing? How, how are you with, you know, keeping going when it gets hard. And right now I'm in the, this like, you know, peak of training and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard to stay in it. It's hard. So 
having, you know, people talk about mental toughness, like being able to suffer through and, you know, grit it out and like, you know, just deal with all the pain, but there's also part of it. I think that staying, you know, steadfast and focused on your goal. And that takes a lot of practice. And, you know, for me, I don't know how it is for other people. It's like, it's hard. It's legit hard. And when you've been in it, so you're 56 now. I'm 56. I mean, I also believe, you know, like that there's also, it's, in, in my opinion, and for many people, there's a certain amount of time too that you can keep that sort of like goal focus and and let other things slide because you're so focused. You know, like I I was a very competitive semi-professional mountain bike racer, you know, but like there was like a seven year span. And then after that, you're just like, Oof. you know, I mean, it, it, there's to be successful in athletics, there's a repetition, you know, you have to keep showing up and it's it's just the grind the day in and the day out, you know? And I think that in my opinion can become the most wearing. Like when I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm swimming 3000 meters again today. Okay. You know, like it's just, you know, and I think that's okay. I think like some people find motivation and continue, can continue longer. And, but there, I, I think for many people, there's a season to it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I don't know where you're falling in that, you know, I mean, at 56, it sounds like you're going into the next group right are you that's another category so, yeah i just aged up into the 55 to 59 division so last year was my first year in that division and i had been done actually i after 2019 i was well it was covid right um so 2020 they actually canceled the games for the masters and then 2021 i took a break and i was pretty much done i decided that i want wanted to shift my energy to my business and to coaching. And, and then I did the open. <laughs> I got sucked back in again. Welcome back. Like a- and I did really well that, you know, I came in 20th in the open and I was like, Oh shit. Now I guess I should start training. I mean, I had been working out, but I had not been, you know, training and then I did quarterfinals and So, you know, you do the open and you, the way the qualifying system is now, everybody in the world does the open. So in my age division, there's like 3000 something women. And then the top 10% from the open move on to quarterfinals. So then it's another 300 and something move to quarterfinals and quarterfinals is another online round of competition that you do in your gym. It's four or five workouts. Now they have it over a weekend. Thank God it's not like drawn out over weeks, but they announce it and there's submission windows. Like you have to do the first two workouts and then submit those by Friday and then the next two. And I did quarterfinals and I missed one of the submission windows because I, so the online qualifiers are, you do the workouts, but you have to videotape them. And the whole videotaping process is like a whole nother, like, thing. It, it's like, you know, everything has to be to a certain standard and you got to show the this and that. And the, and yeah. it's like that alone is like, but I've been doing it for years. So I'm kind of used to it, but you got to upload your video to YouTube and then you got to submit the YouTube link. And, and I did everything and I was like already moving on to the next workouts and I just spaced it out. Like I, I missed. And then it was like five minutes after the deadline, I was like emailing. Anyways, I 
managed to qualify missing one workout. So I squeaked into quarterfinals and, and then I, you know, made it. So from quarterfinals, the top 10% move on or no, the top 30 move to semifinals. And then from semifinals, the top 10 are invited to the game. So I, I qualified in eighth place that year. So since that, since last year, I've been feeling like I've been behind kind of because I wasn't training. I didn't have a coach at that point. I was just like scrambling, but I made it. So I've been like trying to play catch up kind of since then. I ended up in fifth place at the games last year, which I felt great about. Um, I'm not, you know, my body's in one piece, but since then I have, I did, um, let's see, I've, I've done two more in-person competitions because I felt like I hadn't been competing and I needed some in-person competition experience. So I did the legends competition in December. I came in third place in that that's in, um, Cookville, Tennessee. It's a very big master's competition. It's great. It's like, it's people come from all over the world. It's really well run. It's very high level. There's a lot of games athletes that participate in that. And then I did Wadapalooza, which is a huge CrossFit fitness festival in Miami. It's like a big party. It's, it's, I wouldn't say the level of competition is really high, but it's a great competition. I took first in that, that was in January. So since then I have not stopped. Like I've just been training like, you know, all out and I'm, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, it's the grind, right. It's having to show up every day in, day out. And, um, you know, it, but it's like, I, I chose this, right. I have to keep reminding myself, I want this. I, I get to do this. Like how many people out there would be, you know, just dying to be in my shoes. Like I get my, my life is so different now. I, you know, my kids are out of the house, although they still come back sometimes <laughs> luckily, but you know, my work is I work for myself. I can make my own schedule. I have time. Like I remember when I first, the year I first qualified, I was like, what if I could just train for the games all the time instead of, you know, the one hour I have or whatever. So now I have time and this is what I get to do. And it's, it's freaking hard. It, it hurts. You know, I'm fighting. I'm, I'm not, I don't have any injuries, but I have like nagging things, you know, tendonitis and my elbow hurts and my shoulder hurts. And, um, but you know, I get to do this. So, so yeah, a, a couple of questions, like a couple things to unpack there. Like, you know, you had said on another podcast that there was a big difference in how you felt between like at the games when you were 52 than even when you were 50 and now you're 56. And, you know, I'm wondering like what, what does that evolution look like now that you're in this place? You know, is, is your recovery process different? Has your training and nutrition evolved with that? Um, and do you have a, and I know these are a lot of questions, but like when you look down the line, is it just like, I'm going to keep doing this until I feel like I'm done with it? Or, you know, what is that? What is that? Why? And is there, do you have your eye on some sort of end goal or are you just like riding the train until do you feel like getting off the train? <laughs> yeah. Good questions. For me, it has always been like intrinsic motivation. You know, people talk about like being externally. I saw this in my, um, my recent ex, <laughs> he was very extrinsically motivated. Like we'd get into the gym and he'd want to beat everybody in there. For me, it's always been about, I want to reach my own potential. How, mm. how, where can I go? How good can I possibly get? I think it's, just who I've been my whole life. It's like, I just want to 
be the best I can be. Like, how good could I get? Like, and, and the thing about CrossFit that's so cool is that it's, there's always something else. There's, there, there's always a new movement to learn. It, it never gets easier, right? You just get better mm-hmm. or you try. <laughs> so it's always challenging. I mean, now, you know, I, I learned how to walk on my hands at 50. Oh, and now you have to do a handstand walk pirouette. And, you know, I can do a legless rock climb. Well, now you have to do it from seated or, you know, oh, I've finally figured out how to do double unders. Well, now you have to use a heavy rope or you have to do crossovers or like, it's always something different and more. So, you know, as far as like, when am I going to stop? I, every year I say I'm done competing and then I get sucked back in. So I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to keep competing, but I hope I can do CrossFit forever. I mean, I, you know, I want to be moving as long as I can and getting strong. And it's definitely, I think more about longevity now. I mean, I feel like it's more of a marathon than a sprint. Um, you know, my body. Yeah. I, I feel very different at 56 than I did at 50, the recovery piece, you know, I was talking to Sage about this too yesterday. Um, cause I was asking her, I was like, I feel like the level of volume that's expected of me, maybe it's because, so I follow a a program called mayhem athlete um, mayhem masters. I've been following it for over a year now and I love it. I love the programming. It's, it's, it's really like the workouts are fun. It's always interesting. I feel like it's really well-rounded, but the level of volume is insane. It's like literally three to four hours a day of training, like four hard workouts a day, you know, like it's just, and I think it's the bar has been raised. Like we've all been doing CrossFit now for, you know, I've been in it for like 15 years. So what used to be considered just enough is not enough anymore. Like to be competitive, you just have to do it. Like and I was, you know, my boyfriend was like, he's like, it's like you have, this is your full-time job, but you, I'm like, yeah, but I don't get paid for it. <laughs> Not like they're handing out, you know, huge sponsorships for 56 year old women. Like, hi, I'm, I'm here. Anybody wants to sponsor me? <laughs> I get some t-shirts here and there, you know, I got a box of swag from tier. Like, that's awesome. But I'm not making a lot of money at this. So I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it because I love it. And because this is the crazy thing that I've chosen to do. So Um, I spend just as much time recovering as I do training, which is like, so that's all I do. I train. What does that look like? So, um, it looks like we got a cold plunge, you know, the freezing cold ice water thing. I do that almost every morning. I see, I get body work done at least once a week. Right now I'm seeing this amazing Cairo PT woman that I found who's awesome. She's a runner she doesn't think I'm crazy because I do CrossFit. <laughs> you know, you have to be careful who you talk to because a lot of times I just tell you, like, if I go to a doctor, <laughs> they look at me and they're like, oh, you're totally healthy. There's nothing wrong. Like, well, I'm like, well, but I, you know, I have this rash or, and the doctor literally is like, oh, but your abs, oh my God, you're amazing. Come he, it was, anyways, that's like a whole nother tangent. But um, so yeah, you have to find a good, you know, practitioner who can support you and not, you know, think you're crazy. Um, my nutrition is I'm, I'm really super focused on what I eat. I'm actually, I just got sponsored by this amazing, um, meal delivery company called paleo zone. And they give me food, which is really great. Cause I I'm, you know, nutrition is one of my things. I am a nutrition coach. I'm really into food. I love to cook. I love to eat. 
but having someone give me food that I don't have to cook that's organic and clean and healthy is amazing. So, and I don't have a lot of time right now. Um, even though all I'm doing is working out, it's still, it's just a lot of time is drive. So I, um, I drive to the gym. I train at a gym here. I'm in Orange County in Southern California. Um, I train at CrossFit Tustin, which is like 20 minutes. So I do a morning session. That's usually, um, an hour and a half to two hours. And then I come home, um, eat and usually go back. Cause this, this is like the height of games training season right now. So it's, it's two sessions. It's a lot of swimming and running too. So the endurance piece really gets kicked up a notch right now, which I love. I love being outside. I, I, I love the swimming and I've, I've grown to love the running it's rock runs, you know, running with 20 pound backpack. Um, and then all the other crazy combinations of things, but the recovery piece is, it's sleep. You know, I'm, I mean, we all know, right. Sleep is just huge. I, I didn't know that in when I was in my thirties and I, I just, I didn't think, I thought it was like, okay to not sleep. <laughs> it's not okay anymore. Um, do you sleep well? I sleep. Okay. You know, I wear this aura ring and I, sometimes I, I don't know, like I look, you know, I, yeah. So do you, I mean, sometimes I'll like look at it and I think I did okay. And then I have this really low score and then I'm like, Oh, but I'm not recovered. <laughs> so sometimes, um, but yeah, I sleep, I sleep. Okay. I would say I sleep is something that I've, I've struggled with like historically in my life. Um, so I'm, I do everything I can to sleep. You know, I take magnesium, I, I take CBD, mm. I wear a mask, you know, um, I try to dim the lights and all, all the things, the whole sleep protocol, um, but it's, yeah, I take naps even sometimes like I still if feel you're training that much. You should be taking naps. I mean, let's be clear. Um, has it been hard to maintain power and muscle? Yeah. So the muscle thing is interesting because I, I have noticed that it's harder to keep it on. I mean, for me personally, it's always like, if I stop working out, I, I feel like I lose it right away. I mean, that, part of that's maybe in my head, but um, I've definitely, I have to, if I, you know, I really got to get the protein. Like we all know that right by now, if you listen to this podcast at all, if you read, you know, any of Dr. Stacey Sims work, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta get the protein. Like it's like crucial. And I still like, you know, some of my clients usually in general, women under eat and in especially protein. Right. So as an athlete you know, doing what I'm doing, like, I, that's my main thing is making sure I'm getting enough protein and the carbs. Like I need more carbs, even probably even more. Like, I think I probably, I, I just started upping my carbs to like about hundred grams because with double workouts a day, it's just the, you need the carbs. So like I take a carb powder, um, I use Carbolin. I, I take it with my protein right after I work out and sometimes during also. So yeah, it's, it, the, maintaining the muscle has definitely been Harder. Although I have to say one thing that's amazing is I have PR'd my lifts. Like I've, I'm getting stronger still, which is absolutely incredible. And a part of that has been working with Sage because she's an like expert lifting coach. So my technique, like technique. Focus on technique. Yeah. I mean, I put 10 pounds on my snatch, like 10 pounds on my clean and jerk. So I, that's like to, to hit a PR at this point in life, it's like, it, it's <laughs> like, amazing right it's like totally incredible and it's still possible and that's like the another thing 
that it goes back to that mindset piece of like, we have these self-limiting beliefs and trying to just like break those down. Like one of my clients is she's 68. She's a CrossFit games competitor. And she was like this year, she was super frustrated because she feels like, you know, CrossFit is heading in this direction with all these crazy gymnastic skills. And she's super strong. Like that's her strength is her strength. And she's like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Cause I can't do this. And I'm like, you know, you just stop saying you can't because I can. And if I can do it, I mean, I'm not like, I didn't grow up with, I don't have a gymnastics background. I wasn't like an, you know, I didn't, I don't have like this background. I, I didn't know how to do anything when I started, you know, I couldn't jump rope. I couldn't run down the block. I couldn't do a push up. Like if I can do it, anybody can do it. And it just takes not having the self-limiting beliefs, belief in yourself, surrounding yourself with supportive people, finding coaches, you know, really having good coaches is key. And, and having, you know, just the, the belief that you can. And, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. So, and that was an answer to your question about me. It was, I mean, I, I'm still like back on you learning to walk on your hands when you were 50. Like that just like, well, that, you know, that's a fear thing. Um, Cause I have that fear. Like I, it's a legit fear of falling on your face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had to, um, learn how to fall really. And I, you know, I had, I actually broke my back when I was in my early twenties, I fell down a flight of stairs. So I have, you know, riding horses, like falling is like a real thing. Um, so yeah, handstand walking, I'm still scared of it. And it's, but learning how to fall helps like learning how to do, uh, you know, somersault and a cartwheel, which if you didn't do gymnastics as a kid, like I can climb because I climbed trees, but falling is like a different thing. So yeah, that's. <laughs> so it was interesting to hear you. Um, I listened to you on the Pharaoh's Fit podcast, and it was there's this moment where the host was talking about how, well, he could sort of understand like male masters wanting to take testosterone for low T, you know, and you know, you I heard you say, well, you know, women's hormones are our journey too, <laughs> you know, like we we lose testosterone and take quite a hit, and really can't take testosterone. Um. Where are you now in your menopause journey? And uh, have you ever taken any hormone therapy of any kind? Yeah, um, I am hopefully done with my period. But uh, so, yeah, I I had had um, the Mirena IUD for about 11 years. I had two different ones. So I got one, you know, after my divorce um, and it was great. I loved it. you know, I still cycling, but barely having a period after having very heavy periods. Um, I had never been regular with my period, like growing up. And, you know, it's interesting, like my mom um, was always very like open and talking about, you know, our period, just all that stuff was like out in the open. But as far as like her menopause, like experience, like I remember her taking these herbs, like she was always, you know, we were always taking herbs for stuff and she was always doing that, but like, she never really like, like even now when I talked to her about, she was like, Oh, you know, don't get me started. Like, uh, so I didn't, I didn't really know, but I also, I definitely knew that like taking hormones were, was bad. Like, I guess maybe it was just something I absorbed or heard about all the side effects. So I never wanted to take hormone replacement therapy, Um, but the IUD was great. And then 
I, when I got it, when they gave it to me, um, it was kind of like, okay, you'll have it for seven years. And that'll probably take you through to when you're done with, you know, going through menopause and then we can just take it out and you won't, you'll be done. You'll be great. So it had been about seven years and I went back in and I had switched providers because my insurance changed. So I was seeing this new person and I go in and I'm thinking I was just going to get the thing out and then be done. And they're like, oh, we're just going to put another one in. And they just like put another one in. So that was, you know, another four years went by and I, now I'm like 55 and I'm like, I want to be done. I feel like I should be like in menopause now, but I was still done. (laughs) So I had my blood work done. Um, and I went, I just wanted to get the thing out. So I got it taken out. This was like about six months ago, maybe. And then I started having periods, um, which was weird. And they, you know, the woman, the, my new healthcare practitioner was like, well, you'll probably have a few periods and then you'll stop. So I, I stopped and then I stopped for three months and then I got another period. So I haven't, hasn't been a whole year. And according to my blood work, yeah, I should be in menopause. So I, I think I probably am. I'm still, you know, I have a few hot flashes. Um, I had one yesterday um, and I still get night sweats. So I think I'm through it, but you know, the mood swings um, are still happening. I, so I haven't ever taken any hormone replacement therapy again. You know, my gynecologist is like, Oh, you're so healthy. You don't need it. Like, well, that's, I mean, a, it's safer than they used to think. I mean, it's, it's largely safe. I mean, you've heard this show, you know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> just because you're so healthy, like if you are, the reason to take it is if you're having symptoms that are disrupting your life. And I think I need to, re- I, you know, just repeat that over and over. Yeah, again. you can't say like, it enough. I agree. You know, like that is, that's really it. You know, I mean, if I, people think, I, people are sometimes like, oh, you're, you're not for it. And I'm like, that's not true. Like, I feel great. I sleep like a bag of rocks. I have warm flashes, but rarely ever anything. Like, So I don't, I feel no need to go to the doctor and go through the process and do all the things because everything's good, right? My moods are great. But if they weren't, I mean, I'd be the first one knocking at the door, you know, and saying like, hey. I agree. And I know, you know, some of my clients, like I was talking to one recently and and she was like, she had been prescribed birth control because of her symptoms. And it was like not working, like it was over prescribed. And then she switched it. And like, so I think finding the right practitioner who you can work with to give you what you need. like You have to dial it in. You have to dial it in. Right. And I, so I'm all for it. And I'm glad, you know, now that there are viable options for women, because having to just suffer and suck it up and, and like, just think that, oh, that's something that women have to, you know, deal with is just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous at this day and age. So I'm, you know, I, I am fortunate that I basically, my symptoms have been pretty minimal and maybe that is due in part to, you know, the level of exercise and because my nutrition, you know, has yeah, been those things really are connected. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, you know, where I'm at. And I, you know, with my daughters, it's like, I try to talk to them about it and share with them um, as much as I can, because I feel like, you know, thankfully, there's more of a conversation about it now. I mean, you know, thanks to you and other you know people like we're talking about this stuff. And, and the more that we can share our stories, I mean, I think I learned that at a really young age, like, growing up on a commune of feeling like I was always so weird. And then I got to high school and I met these other kids who they didn't maybe live on communes, but there was a lot of other similar lifestyles in that area. And I realized like, you know, if we can just talk to each other and share our stories then you don't feel so alone and so weird. So, you know, I'm, 
hoping that for my girls, you know, they're 21 and 24 now. And, and what, you know, my younger daughter had been on, I think actually they both are, have an IUD now and, um, or no, anyways, she wants to get off birth control, you know, and she has a boyfriend and she's like, she's actually wants to get the aura ring so she can track, you know, her period cycle. Cause that's one of the options now. And, and I'm like, yeah, do it. Like, why should you have to, like, it still just makes me so fury infuriated that there's not an option for men like like you <laughs> would get think, me started right? that's a whole yeah, other right. that's, we can talk about that for hours but yeah that you know my daughter has to be the one to have this hormone chip in her arm like so yeah hopefully we're changing that you know yeah, yeah. and i know um you know sort of bringing it full circle you you are a coach you've been a coach and and you work with women now too right largely like Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My focus is on, um, supporting women. I, you know, I've never been one to want to try to tell people what to do. Uh, it's always been just this journey that I'm on, but I, you know, I realize that I'm, I just get asked all the time. Well, what do you, you know, what do you do? What do you eat? What, how do you, you know, how do you keep doing this? And so that's kind of why I leaned into coaching in the beginning and why I, you know, leaned into just, you know, learning as much as I can and getting all these certifications so that I could feel, even though I just, a lot of this stuff I've just learned and figured out, like I want to be able to feel qualified to share this information. Um, so yeah, I work with women one-on-one and I, I'm more of my work now is, um, these like in real life experiences, uh, offering retreats or seminars or workshops where I can, like create an environment where women are brought together and we're just doing these things. Like it's, it's, we're working out and we're eating good and we're hanging out and we're connecting. And it's like, it's just, it's happening because we're all together. I mean, I know you put on a retreat, so I, I feel so like great. When, it like the things that happen. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I need it. I want it. And I know, you know, I started doing the retreats in the beginning or right after COVID and, um, you know, everyone's like feeling so disconnected and like uh, just off out, out, not feeling good in their body. And we're all going through all this stuff. And like, we just need a chance to reset and get, you know, reinvigorated and, and inspired. And so, you know, some of the stuff that I lean, the ice baths and the breath work and, you know, the meditation and the yoga and just working out um, together in a group of supportive you know, women who are, who are, you know, trying to, up level and learn and grow. Uh, so that's, you know, that's what my work is about right now. And then the one-on-one uh, nutrition and mindset coaching is just helping people kind of just figure out what works for them and how they can, you know, get enough of the right things to eat. I think it's, there's just so much overwhelming, confusing information. And like I said, like most of us are still just sort of have this mindset of they we just need to restrict and and work out more and eat less and just trying to um, support women and in, in learning you know how to fuel themselves properly um so that's kind of my focus excellent 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 well this has been i've really enjoyed this conversation and i is there anything that we uh haven't covered that you would like to leave the audience you know with that that we haven't touched upon or you want to elaborate on as far as people who want to continue or maybe start pursuing stuff like this? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, just a little bit about CrossFit. I, I, 
maybe this is changing, but I think it still gets a little bit of a bad rap. Like, um, you know, it's dangerous or, you know, you can get hurt or so I think, um, CrossFit is for everyone and anyone, um, you know, like old, young, um, you know, adaptive athletes now, you know, so I would encourage anyone to try it. Um, and you know, it's never too late to start anything as far as, you know, when you're talking about fitness and wellness and health and seeking out coaches, um, is, is always a great way. So yeah, it's never too late to start really. (laughs) That's, that's my motto. That's, that's the perfect place to leave it. Well, that's our show. Come on back next week when I sit down with Joan Swain. Joan is a 65-year-old cyclist and Velocio ambassador who is starting a movement to have older athletes, especially older women, seen. This was a raw, important conversation on invisibility and visibility that you won't want to miss. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap.